We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. No game for Newcastle United this weekend, so I've got Charlotte and Cy with me. To discuss the rest of the season, 13 games remaining for Newcastle United, the tantalising prospect of a top-four finish at the end of this season is what we're going to discuss today. Will we get it, and why or why not? And also, does it matter how important is it to the journey this club are on, what the future holds, all of that kind of stuff. Before I get started, we are on Patreon between three and eight pounds a month. We have a massive week coming on Patreon, of course, as we build up to Manchester United. You can come and join us and you can listen to Craig Hope. You can listen to Keith Gillespie, Warren Barton, Charlotte Sy, I and our many True Faith colleagues build up to one of the biggest fixtures in a long time at St. James's Park. Can't fucking wait for it myself. So I'll start with you then, mate. Um, Newcastle United, 13 games to go. Do you think we'll get top four and why? Oh, do I think we'll get it? I, I, I think we, I think we can. Uh, I think a, a lot hinges on games like the Man United want to come, which you just mentioned. Um, if we can come away from that, even with a point, just to show that we're still competing with those teams, and then we take we take um, the the lesser sides to the sword. Um, based on the last two performances, I think it's back on. I honestly think the top four push is there. I think Spurs keep dropping points. I think Liverpool keep dropping points. Um, we have shown we can be consistent at various points in the season even if it's drawing the odd game, but we don't lose many. We've lost a couple in recent weeks against top sides uh, where you'd still say at Man City we had chances, against Liverpool we had chances, we played all right. So we haven't really dropped into the kind of form that made me think that we can't still do it. So in my opinion, it's still very much on. Um, we might need a little bit of luck. We might need other teams to do as a favourite at times, but I certainly think we are still uh, one of the best four sides in the country based on the last two weeks of football. So I'm very, very encouraged that it can it can happen. I've, I've, I'm in shock <laughs> listening to Sai. I can't believe it. I mean, I also think it could happen. We'll talk more about what is success, I'm sure, in, in later on in the show and, and what I would be happy with. But yes, I think we can. Um, I think we have seen that second half of the season, or that last third of the season, if you will, which is what we're sort of entering. Um, we often see an uptick in form. Um, we often see a sort of drive for the finish line. Um, even last season when we were obviously safe, we worked really hard to finish as high as possible yeah. from the position that we had been in, which was incredible. It was it was so much fun to watch us push on like that. And I fully expect us to continue. I think with uh, Eddie Howe at the helm and um, his coaching staff, Having not been successful in the cup runs, I think this is a massive thing for them. And I, I think we're going to see our players and coaching staff p- push for this. And I, and I think it's doable. I do think it's doable. Yeah, it is. It is doable. And 
Newcastle are in the slightly fortunate position of having it in their own hands because of the games in hand. Now, how relevant that is, I'm not sure, because there's a lot of games to play and there's a lot of other teams in this conversation, as Sai talked about before. Really interesting point you just made there, Charlotte, about us being good at the end of the season. I haven't really considered that, but even under uh, Bruce... Even in, under Bruce, yeah. Uh, was it 2021? Mm-hmm. Newcastle's end of season form was, was brilliant. Um, and then last season, of course, we, we finished the season very strongly. A little bit of a wobble kind of around this time, maybe, when they had those three defeats. But then after that, very, very good indeed. Um, one thing which possibly separates us, though, from those other clubs that Sai mentions in particular is they've done it before. And I think reading and listening to what fans of particularly Liverpool assume or hope is that something just clicks. And I think at the end of the 2021 lockdown season, they went from eighth to third and qualified. And they just got, kind of go on these runs. Mm-hmm. We go on, we, we've we been on these runs as well. I mean, we've only lost three games all season uh, to Liverpool and Manchester City, only in the league anyway. And it, it's just going to be interesting, isn't it? And I, I agree broadly with you both. I think that's... We are definitely capable of getting top four. Will we get it? Obviously, time will tell, but we have to I have to make a considered judgment and put it to you because there's a podcast and I can't just sit here and say, oh, we'll find out at the end of the season because that's obvious. You mentioned that Man United game, Si. That's absolutely massive. I don't want to get drawn into musts, like you must do this to achieve this because, you know, when we played Palace back in January... And that now looks like a very bad point, by the way. At the time, Newcastle played okay. They created a lot of chances. They didn't take it. You let a point away from home against what was considered to be somewhat decent team. Well, that actually is a really bad point. Whereas the point at Bournemouth actually looks like a decent point because Bournemouth's home form is so good. They beat mm-hmm. Liverpool. Um, they pushed Arsenal all the way. So I don't think it's like lose to Man United and you're at the top four race because that Palace game, if we win, we went eight points clear of Spurs. And then the other weekend, if... Um, Spurs had won, they'd have gone eight points ahead of us, yet here we are, four points behind them with two games in hand, and they're about to sack a manager. So it kind of changes weekend to weekend. I think the fact that Newcastle have got Man United and they've got this kind of massive 10 days or so with three away games, you know, West Ham away, West Ham are desperate for the points. They played well at St. James's Park. Brentford are one of the form teams in the league, and Brentford will think if they can beat Newcastle, they could be in the conversation for, for the similar kind of things Newcastle United are. And then Villa before that Spurs home game, which is absolutely massive as well. So we'll find out a lot in the next few weeks. One thing I'll put to you both, um, Charlotte, I'll start with you for this one. Go on. Is you know, Newcastle have Man U, then three days later. So let's say a week, Man United, West three Ham, games. Brentford. Three games in a week. Potentially Gordon and Almiron out. If something happened to Alexander Rizak, I know I'm being very negative here, but is it, could it be one of the deciding factors is that our squad compared to Spurs and Liverpool can't withstand any shocks in terms of serious injuries to key players? It's a good question, and I don't want to be negative. So I'm like scrambling around in my brain for an answer that isn't. But I don't think we have depth to the squad. We have strengthened in certain areas. We've got a Gordon. We've got, you know, ASM has been playing a little bit better lately, but he's also injury prone. He was off with his hamstring at half time last time he played. So. I I do have massive concerns about the depth of our squad. I don't think Callum Wilson is a reasonable alternative now any longer to an Alexander reset when you when you watch him play and how incredible he is um and how exciting he is compared to watching Callum Wilson who is 
still a good goal scorer, but on his day, but he hasn't had his day for a little while. And I don't know that he will in the future. Perhaps he will. So I don't think he is the the best. He is our only alternative. So he has to, by that nature, he has to be the best alternative. But I, yes, I think we need to be really, really careful with uh, with our players. Not wrap them up in bubble wrap, but you know, bringing if we're if we're ahead, for example, at West Ham in sixty minutes by a couple of goals, fingers crossed. Bring him off. Bring off your bring off a Bruno or bring off a Gordon if he's back. We need to protect that squad depth, and we don't. Yeah, without it, I think we could be in trouble. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I, I think back to October when we had three massive games in a week. Man United away, got the point. Everton at home, beat them. Spurs away, beat them. That was in the space of seven days. We, we've shown we can do it. And at the time, we had a thin squad. Isaac was still injured, I think. Um, so... Uh, yeah, you're right. There, there are concerns there, and if we get a bad run of injuries, I think this conversation goes in a different direction. So let's just assume we won't. <laughs> um, we, 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 what's encouraging me about the last two fixtures is that we looked so fit. We look, we looked our, ourselves again. We looked that same team that was winning those games in October, and that's where my confidence comes from. It took us a while to get there at the start of the season. You know, it took us five or six games to get going, and then once we hit that level of peak fitness that Eddie Howe demands from his team, we were steamrolling teams. We beat Spurs, and then after that Spurs game. We went and smashed Villa, we went and smashed Brentford, went and smashed uh, Southampton, maybe Brentford was earlier. Um, and then it, it could follow the exact same pattern here. We've got, the, we've got the, the wins we needed to get the monkey off our back. We've got the cup disappointment out of the way now. We're looking really fit, we're looking really fresh. We've pretty much got the whole team to pick from, bar a couple of niggles. And it's like, yeah, this is the time. And, and we have got players coming off the bench at the moment to suggest that we, we, we have got options there to, to freshen things and, and do what you're talking about, Charlotte. But one of those players is Matt Ritchie. Like, <laughs> the, Did a great job. <laughs> it was yeah. nice for him, wasn't it? Oh, it's, yeah, it's nice to see him get a run out, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I'm confident that, that we can, that because of the way how and the team look after the players, that, that unless we get some bad luck injuries, you know, injuries that you just cannot predict or, or do anything about, we, we should be able to manage a, a tough set of fixtures. Yeah, and those fixes are the interesting thing, isn't it? If you look at Newcastle's end to the season, um, it isn't. It's, there, there's not. There's no horror fixtures in there. You know, Newcastle have already played at Arsenal, Man City, Man United, Spurs, Liverpool, Brighton. The, the the top seven of the of the league. We've done the hard yards. We've done the away games. You can't say that about most of the other teams in this position. You know, Liverpool, for example, that that you know everyone in the league, I think, or, or a lot of teams in the league, have that big week coming up because there are a lot of fixtures to catch up on. Liverpool's big week is Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of that, you'd think that we're an advantage. We're already an advantage. I think we are, in fact, I'm going to check it right now. We are five points ahead of Liverpool again yeah. when they beat us at St. James's Park. And we gave them six points. Yeah, and we gave them six points. So, so Newcastle's fixtures for the rest of the season for me are very, very tempting to, to support our argument because you've got Man United at home in the three tough away games. I mean, West Ham on paper, isn't a hard away game because of the position that they are in the league. Mm -hmm. um, Villa away is an interesting one because they're in decent form, but as the season goes on, how, how long are they interested in maintaining that? Spurs game's huge. Then we've got Everton and Southampton, who are two poor teams. You'd expect four to six points from them. Arsenal at home is a very, very tough game, but it was a tough game last season when they came to us. You know, they, they that'll be a massive game. Sunday, 4.30 kickoff. Then it's Leeds and Leicester. Again, poor teams. There aren't the run of fixtures mm. that other other rivals have, where it's like hard team, hard team, hard team. We've got kind of difficult fixtures, and you know, cliche. They're all difficult at this stage of the season. We've got lesser sides, quite a lot to play. 
you know, there's Brighton at home, which could be a really, really instructive game as well. It's still not set. People talking about the end of May for that one before the last game of the season. You know, Brighton are five points behind us at the minute with the game in hand. I don't expect Brighton and Brentford to be able to sustain any kind of challenge to us, but we'll we'll see. Um, and yeah, I think we have an advantage for that. And like one of you said before, possibly you say, you know, to me, if Alexander Isak stays fit, if Alexander Isak is capable of playing every minute of every game until the end of the season, I think we finish top four. That's how good he is. Mm. That's the difference he's made. It's not just because he's that much better at the minute anyway than Callum Wilson. It's because he was doing things against Nottingham Forest that I've seen kind of few centre-forwards be able to do in terms of being the complete striker. He was brilliant on the floor. He was able to beat a man. He was holding up the ball while he was scoring goals, winning penalties. Yes, it was one very, very good game, but he's crucial to Newcastle United. If anything was to happen to him or he was to, to lose form, it would be a real it would be a, a real difficult task. But but ultimately, this is a point I'll put to you both. My main conviction for Newcastle United being able to do this, and I know the league table is making a fool of me right now, mm-hmm. but Spurs have played two games more, is for the vast majority of this season, we have just been better than those other teams. We've been better than Liverpool, we've been better than Spurs. Spurs are, are fourth and almost kind of embarrassed about it because it's it's there's been last-minute goals... You know, looking at they've conceded more than double of the goals we have in the Premier League. They've got Harry Kane, who's in tremendous form. They've got Son, who isn't in tremendous form, but they spent lots of money in the summer under Conte. It looks like he's leaving. They're not going to have a manager. We're just better than them, in mm. my opinion. Not miles better than them. Not 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 in a different league, but we are just better than them. And if the season as it's gone so far plays out as it should do for the rest of the season, I'd expect I'd expect just to possibly be in the conversation with Manchester United for third, never mind fourth. What do you think? I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I think the Spurs thing is a really interesting one. They have a tendency to kind of go nuts, and they are going nuts. They're fourth. <laughs> They're yeah. fourth. Yeah, it was a shit result against Southampton. It was absolutely rubbish. But your manager didn't need to implode. You are still fourth. Um, but it's really entertaining to watch. So, you know, you make a very persuasive case. I don't necessarily... Uh, disagree I think there's still part of me and probably part of a lot of our listeners who are like oh that seems like almost too good to be true you can't possibly we're still in Newcastle like you can't really think that but statistically you're correct we have been better than those teams it's the finishing that we've really lacked and we have a solution to that now so why not let's yeah. finish second Bear in mind, in, in, in a week's time, we could be sitting here talking about us beating Man United and going above them, because yeah. that's all it would take. Um, this is a Man United who got smashed 7-0 two weeks ago. They drew with Southampton. Like They're not exactly going into that in, in the same form they were going into the cup final. So it shows you how badly timed that, that game was in, in, in some respects. But yeah, I think these teams will still be scared of us. That, the, the important thing is they'll be looking at us going, bloody hell, I really hope they don't put a run together, because they'll be nervous that every time they drop points, it's given us chances, and we just have to be clinical we do have to to improve that because there are games that could have got away from us including the wolves one you know we, Forest, we, we, yeah yeah we, we smashed both of those teams but on another day might not have got the, the lucky breakthrough we need to start being clinical um I, I believe we will be because i think as i said in october when we really got going it just started to click and all those uh, early chances and games were going in and then we were smashing teams three and four nil not expecting us to beat man united four nil but why not um we, we should the you know when those leicesters at homes come up you know that's when you, you really think we should be uh should be getting banging in some more results here so uh yeah i i agree i think we should be um it, it's a it's a three maybe four horse race for the for the third and fourth now isn't it you know liverpool might still be in it but you've just said that they fa- think they're in it they yeah. very much yeah. you speak to liverpool fans as we do yeah uh, true faith and they are like champions league is essential you know yeah. their their um 
alleged uh, courting of Jude Bellingham is entirely Champions League dependent. Yeah, yeah. So, and and it, it's hard to say that any of those have been better than us this season, despite the league table, like you say. Um, Spurs have got away with it quite a bit, and we are deservingly five points out of Liverpool, despite giving them two ridiculous <laughs> wins. And Man United, you just can't, I can't work them out. Everyone was saying that they'd clicked and that the cup final was like the pinnacle of, of Ten Hag. Now that you've got a proper Man United, then they get battered 7-0 and, and, and can't. <laughs> like it just they, they could easily slip up as well. So I, I think we just have to be the team that doesn't slip up. We'll leave it there for part one. Uh, part two, we're going to talk about what we think the club players, fans will accept in terms of what what this season is, if it's good, bad, indifferent, uh, back after these adverts, of course, you can get rid of the adverts on these True Faith podcasts uh, by signing up to our Patreon for just £3 a month. Back with you after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's have the conversation then about what is a good season for Newcastle United. Of course, the season is ongoing, so perhaps you should have these conversations after the season, but hey, doesn't make for a very fun podcast, does it? <laughs> and th- these are the kind of conversations people uh, have been having, particularly before that Wolves win. You know, I saw a lot of stuff, had discussions myself with people uh, in the real world and online about what good looks like for Newcastle United this season. And there's, there's kind of a range of things I want to talk through and maybe start at the bottom. Um, Charlotte, you you were quite strong against this, actually. And there is um, a, a con- or conversations that took place and, and maybe a, a view that is still reasonably prevalent amongst parts of the support and that is it's already been a great season it's already been great we got to a cup final um we are going to finish at least eighth uh yes. looking at the league table um, near eighth. <laughs> and compared to where the club were but only 18 months ago uh we should be grateful for what we have for what's happened don't worry about it. it's all going to be okay in future it's already been a great season your thoughts um well, I have a lot of thoughts. Yes, it has already been a great season. That's true. Um, it's not over yet. And if we're finished eighth, I would say that's disappointing given where we are and, and how the season has gone. It was disappointing not to win the cup game. That is true also. It's also true that a bit of perspective is nice. If you do think about where we were 18 months ago, 
always looking over our shoulder. I did a podcast with um, a Nottingham Forest fan, and I was like, you know, in, in prep for this podcast, I had to look at the second half of the table. I really have barely done that this season, genuinely. And that's a nice place to be. So that's a success. But I, I think... I think I would shy away from saying it's already been class because, uh, or however we finish, it's been a class season only because of how much we've developed over this season and where we are right now at the moment that we're talking. We're sitting, you know, looking at that top four spot thinking that's doable. If for some reason we don't end in that, in that position, I would, I would have... I would have trouble saying it's been a completely successful season. There have been really, really brilliant parts and perspective is important, but I just, I think you do, you recalibrate over the season, don't you? You you reassess what success looks like and you amend and go forward with that. So I don't think, maybe that's not the answer you thought I was going to give. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Eighth would be disappointing. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that that could still happen. We get a bad run of injuries and, and some bad luck, some bad referees, which we've already had plenty of. Um, it could happen, and we'd have to then think about <coughs> about where, where we are with that. I, you know, I wouldn't be gunning Freddie Howe or anything like that, but you, you'd have to say that from the position we put ourselves in, it would be a disappointing way to go, and you couldn't then call the season a, a massive success. It, w- it, was, it would be acceptable from most people's perspectives at the start, but we have spent a lot of money. We have got a lot of good players now. And eighth is probably the absolute minimum we should be doing, and that would just be like just treading water, uh, in my opinion. Uh, that might be a bit harsh, and I, like I say, I wouldn't want us not to go into the, uh, the next season with Eddie Howe in charge, but I'd, I, I can't see it happening. Hopefully I'm, I'm right. I can't see that happening. Um, I think that there's a lot of factors here. There's obviously the fact that you know there's, there'll, there'll never be a better chance. There'll never, ever be a better chance of, of, of sneaking into the top four this year because of the form of Liverpool, because of the form of Spurs, because of the form of Man U, which might, might come Chelsea up. Like, and Chelsea one. are yeah. totally missing from the picture. Chelsea have spent like 250 million in January. Like They'll be back next season. Liverpool tend to, to bounce back a bit more. Spurs are the same. You know, they, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be better sides next season. So there's that. there, there is that. Um, for me, I think, would fifth be a good season? I, I would say yes. You, you couldn't say that finishing fifth in this league Getting to a cup final wouldn't have been a, a really excellent season for Newcastle, but it would still be disappointing because the Champions League, I think, is so important to us. Um, and because we have been the best side for most of it. And it, it's a very, um, it's, it would be a very Steve Bruce thing to do to say, oh, we were really good from like September, October, and we we're really good from like February to March. You didn't, you know, it's, it's a full season. We have to be good over a full season to really give ourselves a massive pat on the back in that respect. I will counter that with it hasn't been a normal season though because we had to have a break in the middle well, of it. Well, true. To to have a World Cup and that's that's mullered us way more than it, <laughs> than it should have done. To be honest, the, the World Cup it, it it killed our momentum because if we'd just been playing games through the rest of November and December, we'd have been top of the league by Christmas. I honestly think we would have been. But yeah, um, I I don't think eighth or seventh or even any kind of Europa Conference would would be good for us right now. I think we need to really be. We've shown that we're in that ballpark for the next step. So why? waste time doing that kind of what would be another transitional season we, we just want to get where we want to be and then build on it because we can first I want to address what you know the the point charlotte was arguing against i suppose about looking at the past i, I absolutely reject 
and you know, each to their own, and it's, these are just football opinions. But in terms of talking about what's important to the club and how they feel, and also discussing fan views as a whole, we can't keep going back to like Newcastle was shut under Steve Bruce, so therefore this is good. Like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. Like you said, so Newcastle spent a lot of money. They've spent very well. They've got a good manager. They've hired good people in key positions positions of the club. Why would you finish below Brentford or Brighton mm. in particular? Why would you be? I wouldn't say anywhere close to them because they're both really well run clubs with good managers who are doing lots of things right on and off the pitch. But Newcastle are better than them. Newcastle are better than them. Fucking smash Brentford five one for God's sake! Like yeah. now they're allowed to have a bad game, and they've had a lot of good games since. But. Uh, everything happening at Newcastle United screams progress and I really dislike the idea of like well just don't don't get ahead of yourself or think about where we came from and it's like we all hated that version of Newcastle because it was shit you you can't fall there and get rid of it and then keep on looking back to it to say well okay we had a bad end to the season but think about where we came from okay we didn't win uh, between January and March but think about where we came from. No, no, we have good footballers with a good manager in a good environment with a good fan base. It's okay to expect those very, very good different moving parts to perform to their level. And I just don't see what, you know, I think about, when I think about the, the period of, of 21, 22 before the takeover, you know, went to Old Trafford and Steve Bruce was like, you know who I'm going to pick, which one of my defenders I'm going to pick to look after Cristiano Ronaldo and his return to English football? Isaac Hayden, you'll do a job in there. Like, that was that was so far away from this version of Newcastle right now. It's almost an irrelevance to me anyway. Feel free to no. disagree. Well, if you're going to talk about progress, though, you have to look to the past and, and talk about progress. You know, we continue to progress, but... I'd, I'd agree with you if it was the, like the same setup with the same moving parts and features having improved it's a completely different team like I mean Fabian Cher wasn't getting a game then Callum Wilson doesn't get a game Miguel Almiron gets a game apart from that it's mm. it's so different to what that was I don't really see the relevance yeah in, in comparing what that's, in today that's the key point I think yeah we we, we can accept that oh wow, it, was, it was so shit before and, and be grateful that it's no longer shit but none of us thought it was even remotely acceptable the way it was before so yeah. saying Remember where we were, as if that, as if we deserved that. So we didn't. We never deserved to be that shit in the first place. Um, but also, I agree uh, from the point where the club have taken over, and, and even at the first January transfer window, you can't then go back to before that January transfer window because we're, we're progressing from that point, and then we're progressing from the summer. Um, I, I understand the point you're making, Dodds. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think people are, are not allowed to say, "God, it was." It, it, if, you know, if we end up finishing eighth, that argument's still valid. Like, well, at least we're not fucking seventeenth, but. I think we were allowed to be disappointed. I think the club, more importantly, would probably be a bit disappointed with eighth now. For Newcastle to finish like seventh or eighth, they're going to have to have a bad. Well, one, they're going to have to finish below Brighton or Brentford or both of them, and they're going to have to have a bad end to the season. And, and here we are talking up Newcastle's end of the season, both fixture wise, player wise, form wise, the rest of it. I think if Newcastle finished that far down the league, Eddie Howard going to next season somewhat under pressure mm. to have a good start the following season we didn't have a great start this season we only won one of our first six games or seven games but it was okay because everyone could see what he was doing yeah. the, the results didn't come because of finishing mainly but you know bad injuries I do just think that in terms of success of this season it's not Champions League or, or nothing and like you say Sydney Castle would have finished fifth or even sixth to get inside the top six is a remarkable level of progress from what 11th last season despite Newcastle having two, in my opinion, very good transfer windows mm. since last season, uh, to get in the top six is important. But it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a media sky thing, the top six. West Ham have breached the top six a couple of times. What 
good as it done them, realistically. And it goes back to Newcastle in 11-12, breached the top six, haven't been near it since. Actually getting into the top six doesn't actually change the material way that your football club is. Getting into the top four does that. It does that in terms of income you derive just from qualifying for the Champions League. It does that in terms of commercial partnerships you can attract. It does that in terms of attracting footballers, very good ones, to your team who are only going to consider Champions League football. Newcastle have done remarkable business in particular getting Bruno Gomares and Sven Botman to, to, to sign for non-Champions League clubs. There aren't that many diamonds out there in the rough. You can't do it every single transfer window, in my opinion, not not to take anything away from them and those deals being done. So we've got to finish in the top four. You know, you can you could fail to qualify for the top four based on um, goal difference or two points or stuff like that. And we did a podcast um, this week on Patreon looking back at Newcastle's previous tilts at the Champions League and both season uh, 3-4 and 11-12, Newcastle um, did something uh, quite incredible, which I wish they hadn't done, but they broke the Premier League record for most drawn games in both of those seasons. That's not a good thing, because one <laughs> or two more wins, you qualified. Now, Newcastle currently, apart from Brentford, have drawn comfortably drawn more games than any other side in the league, with 11, Brentford have got 12 you know, you don't want to be looking back at fifth or sixth place with kind of 15, 16 draws, thinking a couple of those win, you know, mm. stuff like the Joe Willock disallowed goal against Crystal Palace starts mm. to come really into focus there if it denies us Champions League qualification. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I still sort of think, I've, there's two things I kind of want to say in response. One is that on a personal level, as a fan, I would take any kind of European football because that would be fun for me and I would be interested to to follow it and, and, and do that. So if it was Europa League, I would be okay with it. But I take your point that the the diamonds we have we have signed didn't sign to do Europa League football. They want to be in the Champions League and we would struggle to hold on to players like that who we want to build a team around, right? Presumably we want to build a team around those players and and have them play for us for years to come. So uh, success isn't just... Uh, uh, I'm sort of thinking this out loud, so apologies, but success isn't just about um, getting into Europa League or a Champions League spot. It's retaining your players. It's, be, it's the ability to continue growing as this team. So that's something to think about. Yeah, I, th- I think fifth, you can probably do that. I think the the attracting better players things is starting will start to become a thing if we don't get in the Champions League next season, which will be much harder as for reasons we've mentioned before. You know, I think we've we've got a couple of Champions League quality players in there, um, Isaac as well, another one. Um, w- w- remains to be seen about the likes of Gordon. Um, but uh, if you're fifth in the in the Premier League and go in the right direction, you can still attract good footballers, especially with the project Newcastle has and the and the, the money at our disposal. Obviously, um, if you if you're in the conference, no good player wants to come and play in the Europa Conference. That's not a selling point at all. Europa League, maybe. Um, obviously, the Champions League is another step above and there'll, there'll be players there. But I think if we somehow only finished fifth or or sixth and, and got in the Europa League, you'd still be able to convince some really good players to come to Newcastle and improve this team. Um, Champions League, yes. Tr- I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to convince myself that finishing fifth wouldn't be the disaster that I kind of feel like it sort of would be. <laughs> but yeah, um, lean into it. If yeah. you think it was, a, it would be a disaster. That's okay. But we, we, you know, we, we we can improve on players like Miguel Almiron. We love him, but we can we can get better wingers who who will score more. Uh, you know, not not just have a purple patch. They'll score more consistently across the season. We can get be- get better defenders than 
than Jamal LaSalle's having to come in when players are injured. You know, we, we can improve this squad still significantly without Champions League players, but there will come a point where the only better way we make this team better is by buying players who want to play in the Champions League. So that's going to come soon. And yeah, it's it's, it's all about the... The main worry for me is that the, the season ahead, we've, we've done so well to get to um, March, nearly April, April basically, with with it still in our hands we've done so well to get that point it would it would be a waste a big big waste to not then see that through for just another couple of months of of hard work which we're capable of yes and i suppose the antidote to all of this and you know i i agree if newcastle finish fifth or even six it's not a disaster i'd probably say it's a disappointment but then you have to watch the football unfold in front of you if newcastle are kind of deservingly poor and in terms of results then you're like no hard feelings we, did, we weren't good enough but I, I feel like Newcastle are fifth and unlucky to be so mm. I think they should be closer they should be above Man United I think that they've been better than if not Man United definitely Spurs most of the season and we, we do have two games on Spurs so points per game wise we're ahead of them and we'd be much better than Liverpool Brighton and Brentford for, for large parts of the season so I just want us to 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 achieve what we deserve what we're owed <laughs> by <laughs> football universe the antidote to all of this by the way in terms of champions league or europa league is arsenal because arsenal's um world fell in at st james's park last yeah. season hilarious it was to witness and you know that discussions about michael Artel's future how far has he actually taken them well they're, they're top of the league by eight points at the minute and you know not qualifying for the champions league didn't do them any harm at all and, and i suppose that's the thing if you know you've got a good manager with a good team like charlotte correctly says heading in the right direction it's not semantics because of the you know commercial factors that we discussed about difference between Champions League and Europa League but if you're a good team in the Premier League playing good football good things will happen and that I, I believe that we are and you know this isn't a you know we, we aren't looking into the summer too much in transfers but there is an expectation that Newcastle will spend heavily again once they announce some new commercial deals mm. uh, very soon we hope we're going to be okay. And I suppose that brings it back to that kind of conversation I've heard some fans have during the bad runs. And even if you finish eighth or 10th or whatever, it's all going to be okay. I agree with that. It is going to be okay, but it makes it a hell of a lot easier to get where you want to be if you can finish fourth this season. I think we'll finish there. Really enjoyed the conversation with you both. Thanks to everybody who's listened. We'll be back straight after the Manchester United game next Sunday evening. So make sure you check out True Faith Podcast for that. Of course, Patreon this week, get involved. It's massive. We can't wait to do it. Look forward to joining all of you who've signed up on there, over 900 of you. Speak to you then. Bye-bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.